We're busy with our series on personal problems, and I'd like to ask you, would you please turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 4, verse 20. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. And tonight's personal problem that we're dealing with is, with is uh, sinful thoughts and dreams, meaning sinful dreams, sinful thoughts and dreams. Proverbs 4, verse 20 to 23. Our Father, as we open your word now, we ask that you would help your children. Lord, this is an area where Christians are tempted and an area that's a root sin from the thoughts and from the heart flows the sinful words and the sinful deeds. And the sinful responses. Lord, I pray that you would please instruct us, but then plant the word deep in our hearts and water it and give it growth. Give it increase. Make it bear fruit and help us to submit to you and walk in obedience and to bear fruit to the glory of God the Father. Amen. When I was in primary school, I remember... I only became a Christian in the final year of my primary school. But um, I remember in primary school how I would have thoughts of, of glory. Meaning, not heavenly glory, but my own glory. Thoughts of how people would praise me. And I would be uh, center stage. In high school, new thoughts were added later in my high school career toward the end. And early, just after that, uh, thoughts, lustful thoughts, sexual lust, uh, horrible thoughts. And I did not see them as horrible. But then as I started learning scripture, I saw that those thoughts are very evil and very sinful in God's sight. Now, if people would look at me from the outside, they say, what a good boy, what a nice boy. But I wasn't a good boy, I wasn't a nice boy, I was an evil boy, an evil young boy with a mind filled with sin, thoughts filled with sin. But then I started learning this is sin. God calls it sin in Scripture and I started fighting it and hating it and weeping about it. And then later on, I also learned that Satan is involved and demons are involved in encouraging these sinful thoughts. And then, during my ministry year, I, I started learning, but I'm not the only sinner with that battle. Many Christians, many Christians battle these things. Started speaking to church members, just in, in passing, I didn't even bring up the subject, they did, and said that they need help, that they got these terrible thoughts of... Uh, using ugly curse words and swear words of blaspheming God, of um, being tempted to murder people and horrible things, evil thoughts. How do you overcome them? How do you overcome blasphemous thoughts and, and anxious and fearful thoughts and lustful thoughts and adulterous thoughts and angry thoughts and bitter thoughts and prideful thoughts and jealous thoughts and many other sinful thoughts? And what about dreams, sinful dreams? How do you overcome them? Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, 
Be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. Alright, there's two simple steps. But it's going to be hard work. Number one, import the Bible. Import the Bible. Verse 20 to 22. So you've got a little child, a two-year-old or a one-year-old or a ten-month-old, they cannot feed themselves. You as a parent need to feed them. And the same in the same way, children need their parents to feed them the right thoughts, to start, to start teaching them. I know sinful thoughts come from the heart, but we need to teach them to think biblically. Although they'll only get it right through the gospel and through being saved. But verse 20, my son be attentive to my words. And then he speaks about keeping things in your heart and keeping other things out of your heart. And so Solomon, Solomon did not only teach his child to do the right things. The, the beginning of each chapter, in the first chapters of Proverbs, chapter 1 verse 8, Hear my son, 2 verse 1, my son, 3 verse 1, my son, 4 verse 1, hero sons, and so on. So Solomon knew, I must not only teach my son to do the right things, I need to teach him to think the right things and to guard his heart and to think in a biblical way. That's why it says in verse 21, keep them in your heart. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance. Teach it to your children when you discipline them. Asking them, what did you want? Why did you do this? What did you want? What were you thinking? What did you feel in your heart? And, and by doing that, you as a parent, well, you're teaching them, but you also as a parent, you, you are getting behind their desires and behind their motives, why they did things. And showing them you cannot change those sinful desires without Christ and the Spirit. You cannot change the sinful motives. You've got a sinful heart and then that drives them to Jesus. That drives them to the gospel to call out to Him. And then you show them that Jesus can change your heart. And then Solomon continues and he says, I want you to listen to my wise teaching. Obviously, this is the teaching of the word. I want you to cup your ear, incline your ear to my sayings. Verse 20, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings. And don't let these sayings and these teachings that I'm giving you, which is obviously the law of God in the Old Testament, don't let them escape from your sight. Verse 21. Don't let them escape. You need to guard them. You need to guard them in your heart. Import the Bible into your heart. Just like a, a jailer would really do a good job of standing guard and keeping watch over this dangerous criminal. Keep them in your heart, verse 21. Now the heart in Scripture, um, the heart refers to the mind. Uh, Proverbs 3, verse 3. It says, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So it speaks of the mind, it speaks of the emotions in Proverbs 15, chapter 15, verse 15, and chapter 15, verse 30 also. If you just read 15, 15, uh, the cheerful heart has a continual feast. So emotions, it speaks of the will, Proverbs 11, verse 20. Those of crooked heart are an abomination, but those of blameless ways. 
Uh, in chapter 14, verse 14 also, we read, the backslider in heart will be filled with the fruit of his ways. And then actually it speaks of your whole inner man. Chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Okay, so your whole inner man. So really the heart in the Bible, the heart in Scripture, it's the control room. So your whole personality, your whole character, it controls everything. It controls your whole life. And so you need the right operator in that control room. And that operator is the Holy Spirit. And that operator, the instrument is the Word of God. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then the Holy Spirit dwells inside us, Jesus said. So the word and the spirit. So we need to fill our minds with the word, memorizing the word, meditating on the word, re reviewing, reviewing what you have memorized. Day and night, memorizing and meditating. <coughs> and then doing what Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And all, all those things I just mentioned, it's not talking about thinking of nice paintings and beautiful music. It's summed, summed up in the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Everything that is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable. Excellent, worthy of praise. It's summed up in Jesus Christ. And so you need to fill your mind with that. Fill your thoughts with Him. Meditate on Him. Pray to Him. Speak to Him. Thank Him. Praise Him. And if you don't fill your thoughts with these things, well then the world will fill your thoughts for you. And the devil will fill your mind for you. Just like an empty house. If the house stands empty, very soon you've got squatters who live there. Like Jesus said, if the demon goes out of the house and no one fills the house, there's no new in inhabitants or people moving in, well, he's going to come back with seven worse than himself. But if you do fill your thoughts and your mind with truth, well, it's going to give life, a physical life and spiritual life. Verse 21. Let them not escape your sight, keep them within your heart. And then it goes on in 22. They are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. So spiritual life, well, God's word tells you. If you hide God's word in your heart, it brings life because it's God's word that tells you where you can find spiritual life and how you can find spiritual life. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Paul says the scriptures can make you wise unto salvation or teaching you how to be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. The word of the cross is the power of God to save. The word, the word, the word is planted in our hearts and it says we are born not of incorru corruptible seed but of the incorruptible seed of the word. And that word is the gospel. And so we find it. We find that life in God himself. That life of verse 22. These words are life. It shows us where to find life. We find it in God himself. We find it in Jesus who gave his life for us on the cross. We find it in the Holy Spirit who gives life in us. Who works the life of Christ in us. And so we need to search for this life in the scriptures. Put the word in your heart. For these words are life, verse 22. And you find it in prayer. You seek it in prayer. You seek it. And you keep on asking until God answers your prayer and He gives you spiritual life. 
They are life to those who find them, implying you sought it. You sought God in prayer. You sought God in the word. You sought him in the gospel. You pleaded with him for this life. And you seek and you will find me if you seek me. You seek with all your heart. And if you don't seek it, well then your heart and your thoughts will remain as filthy as a sewer farm. Your thoughts will remain as disordered and unordered and chaotic like traffic in India. <clears throat> Proverbs 6 verse 5 speaks of the heart of man, how it's evil intentions, full of evil intentions from, from their youth, from young age, all mankind, these evil intentions in their hearts. That's the pattern of the world's thoughts, of the thoughts of unbelievers. Only God, through the word, through the spirit, can come and bring order from chaos. Just like in Genesis 1. Chaos. And God brings order. The spirit hovering over the waters. And then the word. God said. Let there be light. So repent. We need to repent of any sinful thoughts. And ask God. Lord give me a new heart. Keep them within your heart. Verse 21. But first of all, you need a new heart. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And then you keep on asking God to purify your heart. Even though you are a new creature in Christ. Even though you are born again. Even though you do have a new heart. Well, our hearts get filthy quickly, very quickly and easily. So we need to keep on asking, Lord, purify my heart. Create in me a clean heart. Psalm 51, 12. And then also physical health. So it's not only spiritual health. Verse 22b says healing to all their flesh. Chapter 3, verse 8. <clears throat> speaks of if you take in the words of God in the previous verses, it'll be healing to your flesh. Refreshment to your bones. So what, what does Solomon mean? Well, it doesn't mean that Christians will never get sick. And it doesn't mean you can just think yourself healthy by claiming health, the power of positive thinking or the word of faith movement. I speak life, I speak health, I don't speak sickness. Now the, the point rather is that some sickness, some illnesses come because of wrong thinking, because of sinful thinking. Uh, like Proverbs 14, verse 30 and 17, verse 22 speaks of how sin can lead to sickness. So let me give you an example. If you have thoughts filled with bitterness and hatred, well, that's going to lead to tension headaches. And that's going to lead to um, these the sore thoughts of bitterness. You're going to lie awake at night, not be able to sleep. And, and if you have a bad night's rest and that keeps on going, fine, in the end you're going to have a very weak immune system and you'll become sick much quicker You'll catch colds and flu and pneumonia. Uh, you'll have high blood pressure. One medical doctor called S.I. Macmillan writes this in a book called None of These Diseases. And he's got a chapter. And I just read quotes from the chapter and then tried to pick up the original book. Um, a free PDF but couldn't do so. But, but nonetheless, this, this medical doctor says 
that thoughts of bitterness can even lead to high blood pressure and stomach ulcers and heart attacks and arthritis and strokes. So if you turn it around and you have thoughts filled with the word of God, well, then you're going to prevent these kinds of sicknesses. Um, meaning, I'm not saying that you can't get a heart attack if you've got holy thoughts, but you're definitely not going to get a heart attack because of those bitter thoughts and anger and so on. And so you're going to prevent that and you're going to promote good health, health of the body, verse 22. These words, if you hide them in your heart, verse 21, then verse 22, it'll be healing to your flesh. So it's going to promote health. And so in the end, you see in verse 22 that um, having godly thoughts and righteous thoughts and having a pure heart, it leads to spiritual health, but also to physical health. Okay, number two, second command. So not only keep or, or import the Bible, but also keep sin out. Keep sin out. Verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from, from it flow the springs of life. Uh, at the White House in the United States or at Buckingham Palace in London, they've got extra strict security. Why? Because they want to keep the right people in and keep the right people out. The right people must be inside and the wrong people must be outside, the bad people. Those who want to harm. So they've got the security. <clears throat> and in the same way, we, we need to, yes, on the one hand, Import the right things into our hearts, verse 21. Keep these words in your heart, within. But we also need to keep the wrong things out of our hearts, verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance, guard it. And it's not so easily, or it's not so easily done, it's not so easy to do because we are born with sinful hearts, Psalm 51 5. And yet, yet, we as Christians, you've received a new heart, and slowly but surely, if you have a new heart, you can start filtering out sin by filling it with the Word, with what is pure. Uh, like, let's say, for instance, you've got a, a drinking bowl for your dog, some kind of plastic bowl, and your dog drinks water from it, but now there's mud in it because the dog drools and he eats soil sometimes, and now there's mud in it, it's muddy water. You can get the muddy water out of the bowl without throwing it out of the bowl. By simply adding clean water. So you put this bowl underneath the tap, you open the tap, and the water comes rushing out. Um, and that water, as it streams out and it keeps on pouring into the muddy water, eventually it filters out and makes the muddy water overflow. And you just let it keep, keep, keep on going for a few minutes. And, and finally, you've got clean water. It filtered out the muddy water. Now, unfortunately, in our lives, what we sometimes do is we throw in, we put soil into the drinking bowl on purpose. So we daydream about sinful things. And what you need to do if that happens in your life, you need to rebuke yourself, maybe even audibly, saying, stop it, stop it, repent of that, that is sin. The moment those sinful thoughts come into your head, chase them out. 
So not even for a split second, not even for a moment, should you cherish those thoughts. Use the sword of the word of God. Use that word that you have hidden in your heart. Verse 21, keep them within your heart. So for instance, you can memorize Proverbs 16 verse 18 or James 4 verse 6 if you have thoughts of pride. To fight them and to say to yourself, no, pride comes before a fall. No, God opposes the proud. I'm not going to think these thoughts. Or if you have thoughts of lust, using the word, saying no, pouring in the clean water <coughs> to remove this muddy water. Saying to yourself, no, you've heard that it was said you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, whoever looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. I'm not going to do this. I'd rather pluck out my eye and go to heaven with one eye than be cast into hell with two eyes. Or if you're tempted to have thoughts of anger, to say to yourself, no, be angry and do not sin. Give no opportunity, or do not let the sun go down in your anger. Give no opportunity to the devil. I'm not going to give opportunity to the devil. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness that God requires. And so on and so forth. You get the idea. And then also keep sin out of your heart by shutting the doors of your senses. By guarding, by controlling the doors of your five senses. Do not let the enemy into your heart, into your thoughts, by the things you allow your eyes to look at, by the things you allow yourself to read or listen to, by the bad company you keep, by hanging out in the wrong places. And that's the point of verse 24 to 27. Put away crooked speech. Uh, let your eyes look directly forward. Verse 25. Ponder the path of your feet. 26. Don't swerve to the right or to the left. 27, turn your foot away from evil. So, so shut the, the doors of your senses. Be careful where you go, with whom you hang out, where you hang out. Bad company corrupts good morals. Make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Please, Lord, help me that I will not look at worthless things and so on. What should rather happen is our hearts, our hearts should become a kind of a Garden of Eden where this fountain just bubbles out and overflows and becomes rivers and it, and it transforms everything around it. And so that's what happens now. The, the, the Word has come into your heart. You've got a new heart and you're hiding the Word in your heart and this Word just bubbles over. The fountain bubbles over and it flows into the rest of your life. Verse 23, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. And it becomes life. Verse 22, life. Like Jesus said, the fountain of eternal life now is in you, because God dwells in you. The Spirit is in you. It becomes a fountain of living water, and it overflows Streams of living water flowing from the inside, as Jesus said in John 7 and John 4. And just as this fountain it, it turns into streams that flow into all directions, um, in the same way, your heart now becomes visible 
in your words and your deeds. Verse 23b, from it, from the heart flow the springs of life. So if your heart is evil, well then your words and deeds will be evil. Jesus taught us that. And if your heart is good, your words and deeds will be good. Uh, from the heart come evil thoughts and murder and adultery and sexual immorality and lying and thieving and so on. Um, so, so to become a good person, you should not merely change your words and your deeds, but your thoughts. How do you do that? Well, I've already said in the first place, you need a new heart. And that only God can give you. You must beg Him for it and believe in the gospel. Uh, but on the other hand, or to take it a step further, also hide the word in your heart. Verse 21, we've already said that. But now also, next step, you need a high view of God. We need to realize, we must realize, my heart, my thoughts are open before the Lord. He sees Everything. Nothing is hidden from his sight. He knows the hearts of all people. He searches heart and mind. All things are open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. So we must realize God hates sinful thoughts as much as he hates sinful deeds. The life of the wicked... The way of the wicked is an abomination to God. But not only his way, Proverbs 15 verse 9, also his thoughts, Proverbs 15 verse 26. And so God will not only judge the sinner for his words and his deeds, God will judge the sinner for his thoughts. The secret things will be brought into judgment. The motives and the intentions of the hearts will be exposed. It will be judged. Proverbs 12, uh, Ecclesiastes 12, 14, Romans 2, 16, 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. So we must ask the Lord to search our hearts, to show us the sin in our hearts, to lead us in the right way, to help us to start to think in the right way, to think biblically, to think holy thoughts, to think righteous thoughts, so that in the end we can love God with all our mind. Search me, O God. Know my heart. David prayed. It's like he's saying, Lord, test me. Test me and know my thoughts. He says that. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And then think of Jesus. Think of Jesus. Set your mind on Jesus. Set your, set your mind on the things above. Set your mind on heaven and on Jesus who is there and our life that is hidden in Christ with God. Turn your thoughts away from worldly things and from sinful things. I'm not certain how healthy it is always to just, you know, to, to stay on top of it. I need to be on top of it. I need to know what's going on in the world. And I follow the news every single day. I'm not saying it's sinful to listen to the news. But I'm not sure how healthy is it to just fill your mind with those things all the time. 
And now you might respond and say, hey, but I'm, if, I, if I don't follow the news, then I don't know what's going on in the world and I start lagging behind. And I always want to say, so what? I know it should inform our prayers, but in another sense, just to be on top of it, how did you grow spiritually when you found out that you had fun of Estos and had an adulterous affair? How did it help you spiritually to find out that Oscar Pistorius murdered his girlfriend? Did it really help you? Won't it be so much better to fill your thoughts and fill your mind with Jesus and fill it with the Bible? And in that way you start... You start learning, you get to know God better. And you start, the more you know Him, the more you fear Him. And the more you fear Him, well, then, you, then you're not like the hypocrites. You see, because the hypocrite doesn't fear God. The hypocrite doesn't care what, what goes on in his mind. The sin in his mind, the sin in his heart. He's just very careful not to sin in front of other people. But he doesn't care to sin where no one sees. But those who know God and those who fear God, they don't want to sin against God even in their thoughts. They, they don't only try to avoid adultery, they try to avoid lust. They don't only try to avoid murder, they, they try to avoid bitterness and anger. And if we fear God a step further, if we fear God, it will also help us in our quiet time so that you don't have wandering thoughts and in your quiet time you don't have <coughs> sinful thoughts. Thomas Brooks said, There's nothing that will contribute so much to keeping out vain thoughts as to look upon a God whose majesty, purity and glory will not allow him to behold the least sin, the least iniquity. The reason why the blessed saints, that means the the Christians, those Christians who are in heaven now. The reason why the blessed saints and the glorious angels in heaven have not so much as one vain thought is because they are greatly affected with the greatness, holiness, majesty, purity, and glory of God. All right. Now you might ask, but, but what if these... What if I'm not really treasuring sinful thoughts and cherishing it, but it's the devil. I am honestly not cherishing these things. It's the devil that tempts me. How do I prevent that? Well, you do what Jesus did. You fill your mind with Scripture. And then you use the word as your sword to fight him. It is written. It is written. It is written. And then you pray Psalm 19 verse 15 every morning. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. And you believe in the power of God through prayer. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4 and 5. Paul writes to the church about taking these thoughts captive. And I think it's speaking of false teaching and opposing false teaching, false thoughts and so on. But it can include sinful thoughts. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. God can do exceedingly above, far more abundantly 
then we may ask or think according to the power of work within us. More than we can ask or think. So you fill your mind with truth and you pray against evil thoughts. Okay, next question then. But what if you get that? You say, I get that. But what if, what if Satan comes and demons come and they tempt me with sinful dreams while I'm asleep? How do you fight that? I think in the first place you should remember there's a difference between the things you dream at night and the things that are a reality, that aren't dreams, things in the day. What happens in real life. So for instance, you don't visit the doctor, you don't make an appointment at the doctor because you had a dream that you were sick. And exactly in the same way, don't think you are spiritually sick just because you had a sinful dream. And yet, we should not feed sinful dreams and awaken sinful dreams by the things you think of during the day. Because you think of sinful things and you meditate on sinful things and you daydream about it or you fill your five senses with sinful things or you watch occultic mov movies, movies of the occult and, and satanic music and other sinful style of thing, uh, music. Both styles, yes, and then also the content. Rich, Richard Baxter, the Puritan, said, If you think of lustful, filthy objects and speak of them or meddle with them, you will dream of them. They that make no conscience to sin waking, in other words, if you don't even mind to do sin while you're awake, well, you're not really going to have, a, you're not really going to be able to fight against sin while you're asleep and prevent that. So I think what we should do is, is pray verses like, before you go to sleep, pray verses like Psalm chapter 4, Psalm 4 verse 8, where it speaks of, <clears throat> In peace I will both lie down and sleep, for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Or Psalm 121, verse 3 and 4, where we read of the protector of Israel that neither slumbers nor sleeps, so he protects us. Uh, or Matthew 6, 13, lead us not into temptation, deliver us, deliver us from evil. 1 John 4, verse 4, he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. So meditate on those verses and pray those verses, and even meditate on those verses while falling asleep. And then you'll dream sweet dreams. Proverbs 6, verse 20 to 22. My son, keep your father's commandments, forsake not your mother's teaching. And what they taught him is the word. Bind them on your heart always, tie them around your neck. When you walk, they will lead you. When you lie down, they will watch over you. And I think that means even guarding your thoughts while you're asleep. When you're awake, they will talk with you. And I believe it's for that very reason that a guy like John MacArthur can say, I heard him say this and I think, Q&A or a sermon. I dream biblical dreams. Why? Because his heart is filled with Scripture. His mind is filled with Scripture. Okay, question then. But, but what if I, I am not filling my thoughts with sin during the day and my life with sin, and yet still at night I dream sinful dreams? You know, when I listen to you, these kinds of objections, it seems it's really bothering you. This question of sinful dreams. And that's good. That's a good sign. That shows you hate sin. You really hate sin even in your dreams. 
And then even say to the Lord, say thank you. Thank you, Lord. This was only a dream. It didn't really happen. Don't let your whole day be messed up over a dream that you couldn't help. Now, if you can help it by preventing sinful thoughts during the day, do so. But if you do all these things and you still dream sinful dreams, don't mess up your day. And let your day be messed up because of the stream and be so upset you can't get through the day. And if you keep on thinking about the dream after you've woken up, well, now you are busy sinning. Because you're not letting the dream go. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord in prayer. And serve the Lord while you're awake. Um, a certain Diogenes said, What folly is it to be careless of your waking thoughts and actions while you're awake? and inquisitive about your dreams. A man's happiness or misery lies upon what he does when he is awake, not upon what he suffers in his sleep. So let these sinful dreams, let it spur you on to hate sin even more, and to fight sin. For instance, two years ago, I had a really wicked dream, an evil dream, a terrible dream. And when I woke from that dream, woke up in the morning, I was very upset, but this is the thought that came to me. Don't play with sin. Flee. That is what you find in the book of Job, where he says, I have these terrors at night, I have these nightmares, and even his friend says, you've got these nightmares, God's warning you. Or Pilate's wife, Pontius Pilate's wife, that's a warning. Okay, question then. <clears throat> Almost done. What if, what if I've done all these things you just said in the sermon? I really try, I'm doing this, I'm trying to apply this, and yet the sinful dreams won't end. It won't stop. Well, go to your doctor. Just like, um, for instance, anesthetic or other strong medication can cause you to hallucinate in the day, it can do the same thing at night can cause nightmares. It's a, it's a medical fact. Um, I, I found this actually from a, a book written by a medical doctor. So it can cause nightmares if you've got maybe prescription medicine and it's one of the side effects. So go to the doctor and maybe see if you can change the medication. But if nothing works, you've done all of this, you've even gone to the doctor, well, then the only thing I can say to you is you should apply... James 4 verse 7, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and finally he will flee from you. Or 1 Peter 5 verse 6 to 8, you submit, you subject yourself, submit to God under his mighty hand. This is a trial, and you pour your heart out to God, you cast your anxieties on him, and you, you are be careful, you're really careful for Satan prowling like a roaring lion. You do all of those things and then you trust the Lord. At the right time, He will help you out and He will use these sinful dreams to shape your character and to make you more like Jesus. He promises to do that, to work all things together for the good of those who love Him and to conform us to the image of His Son. But when you're awake during the day, uh, control your thoughts with the help of the Holy Spirit, trusting in Him, asking His grace and filling your mind with Scripture so you control your thoughts rather than allowing it to control you. Don't allow 
sinful thoughts to take hold of your heart, to take over your heart like weeds do a garden. Jeremiah chapter 4, verse 14. God speaks to His people Israel. We can ask ourselves the same. Jerusalem, wash your heart from evil that you may be saved. How long shall wicked thoughts lodge within you? And say to yourself, Jesus has conquered my sin on the cross. And He has given me His Spirit. And He gives me the strength so that I can kill sin. I can kill sinful thoughts. That is what the Lord did for John Bunyan. <clears throat> now John Bunyan, he had blasphemous thoughts. He says sometimes even 20 times in one hour. Sometimes not in a whole month. He didn't have one day of rest. And sometimes in an hour or in a whole day, not even one hour of rest. The temptation just kept coming and it went on for two and a half years. But then finally came to an end. And his situation taught him to pray against temptation daily. Daily. Watch and pray that you may not fall into temptation. And what the Lord did for John Bunyan, he can do for you and me. So that we would, will be able to conquer sinful thoughts and sinful dreams. Lord our God, we are weak, you are strong, we are sinful, you are holy, you are pure, you are glorious and majestic and righteous. Oh, cleanse our hearts, cleanse our minds, make us pure, O oh God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen.